Hello and welcome to Sunday Messages with Fairmount Friends Church. We're so glad that you are joining us. You can find out more on www.fairmountfriendschurch.org. Here's Pastor Brock Meyer. Something I appreciate about those three testimonies right there is all three of those guys are active in our men's group, and we've been coming here on Wednesday at noon during our prayer time to pray and to fast, and also one of our challenges with our men's group on Saturday mornings has been to maximize this open worship time to share some testimonies of what Jesus is doing in our life, like Richard just did. And there are miracles taking place all of the time in the life of our church. I think that we would spend more time talking about all the suffering when miracles don't happen than we would to talk about the goodness of God when there is a miracle. And I'll, and I'll say it with this that we would spend so much extra time in prayer and worry and concern and talking about it. We'd spend time in doctor's appointments. We'd spend, there'd be so much extra time that would be given to something if there wasn't a miracle. And I just want to contend that we would spend just the same amount of time when there is a miracle and when there is a healing that we would talk about it and that we would continue to pray about it in, in, in the form of a praise in a worship. And we don't need to go to the doctor anymore, but let's take that time to, to worship and to celebrate. So, Dick, thanks for seizing that moment. And now the whole body, all of the church family can jump on board with celebrating that. John, uh, Joe, I appreciate that. John, I appreciate that. Um, in some of my readings, even for my message this morning, people would talk about how they would share during open worship time at different meetings throughout history, and they would feel the Holy Spirit come upon them. And John physically has a response. He emotes. John is like a walking heart. He's a heart with legs. He just walks around beating and pumping emotions. And so he emits the Holy Spirit in the form of, of liquid love, if you will, that just pours out of his eyes. And also he feels this tingling in his fingers. When we do this, John just gets the ghost. He just gets a dose of the ghost right there. Just comes all over him. And I want to encourage our church family to not sit idle in these open worship times, but to engage the presence. And that could look like quiet. You just quiet in your spirit. And it also could look like someone reading a scripture like John just did. It could look like somebody celebrating a miracle like Dick just did. It could be somebody bringing validation to what's going on in our church family with our children's ministry and with, with young families like Joe just did. And so what was just happening was also modeled for the rest of our church family what it could look like. And so we executed, but we also modeled. And, so, and now you're being invited in to that more often. So we just don't want to only sit by and just wait for the next part of the show. That's part of the deal. And so let's engage in those moments. Last night was really cool. 
in the fact that we had a wedding in our church family with Jackson and Valley Musselman. Um, Dustin and, and Melissa have been coming here. How long have you guys been coming? Five, six years? Um, they've been apart. And they're seeing their kids come through junior high and high school here, um, elementary school here. And now their son, Jackson, was married last night. A couple things just to, just to speak to them. It was awesome to see you guys celebrate with your whole family the way that you were and to bring so much energy and life and joy in a situation that is so full of the Holy Spirit. I mean, this covenant relationship is the highest level of relationship we have on the planet. It mirrors what Jesus has done with his bride, right? A covenantal connection and relationship. And that it's not only ceremonial, it's also a party. I mean, in, in the Bible times, these people would party for a week, and they tried to last night. We felt like we packed a week into one day. Um, but there was so much joy in the house and so much um, dancing. I, we all woke up sore, right? We don't dance the same way when you're almost 40. They're over 40, as you do when you're maybe 20. And, uh, but here's, here's something else that was really neat is Jackson's 18, the majority of their friends are late teens, early 20s, and not even able to drink. And they were having so much fun being themselves. There was no outside influence that had to come up and animate them. Y'all with me? They are who they are, and there was this liberating freedom that they, that they were able to have. So that was pretty fun. Um, Alex, you're a wild man on the dance floor. That was super enjoyable to watch. Um, I just want to say a special hey to the Smalls. Coach Small was my coach in, in golf in high school. Coach, that was 20 years ago, man. Um, I've not gotten any better, I hate to tell you. And you didn't have, you had a lump of clay to begin with, so. Um, but anyway, it's great to, it's great to have you guys. Um, right after the service, we're going to have our monthly meeting, and uh, one of the things that we had scheduled for today after our service was a water baptism. However, that is going to be postponed until we have our monthly meeting, and so I want to encourage everybody to come downstairs right after the church service for a monthly meeting. Um, there's going to be other items of business that we're going to discuss, that being one of them. Um, and then we'll communicate back to the church um, any future plans with our water baptism. So now as I come into uh, this morning, with that in mind, we want to talk about also, there's a couple other baptisms that are mentioned in Scripture. One of them is as they come to the apostle, or uh, not an apostle, but, but one of the, the main leaders of the early church, John the Baptist, who had the baptism of water. He called it the baptism of repentance. He said, but there's one that's coming after me that will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Whew. Anybody ever heard the term, I just got baptized with fire? It means that you have so much coming on you then that you can rarely handle. It was a picture. It was definitely a picture. He wasn't saying throw your kids in the fire, okay? He was talking in, in symbols here, but that's what he was, uh, there's, there's multiple baptisms that are mentioned. 
As we come into this particular topic this morning, and as we talk about who the person of the Holy Spirit is, I want us to not reflect back only upon my personal experience. And then I try to push Scripture through the filter of my experience. Let's let the Word of God be the Word of God. Cool? Irregardless of how I've ever experienced it, as, as Charles Spurgeon would say, the gospel doesn't need your defense. It is like a lion in a cage. Just let the lion out of the cage. It will defend itself. Okay? So let's let the Bible be the Bible. And we need to realign our beliefs with the Bible and not our previous experience. Nor do we need to look at it on maybe there's been some pastors along the way that have abused the Holy Spirit and say thanks but no thanks. Just because people have messed it up doesn't mean that we still shouldn't encounter it. Just because some people have messed up marriage doesn't mean that marriage is bad. Just because some dads haven't always been awesome means that we need to get rid of all of dads. And just because churches haven't always been awesome, we shouldn't always just get rid of the church. In the same way, what I encourage that we should not get rid of the third member of the Trinity because somebody else has mishandled it. And I'm going to do my best this morning to try to handle a pretty heavy topic. It's weighty, but that's why there's going to be a little bit of me, but a lot of the scriptures. So we're just going to go to the scriptures, and I'm going to try my best to try to explain them a little bit, try to illuminate a little bit, but we're just going to hang out in these scriptures. I want to be like Gary Hopkins who says this, never allow your ego to diminish your ability to listen. And so I don't want my personal preference to hinder or to immediately put ear blocks in because I just haven't heard it that way, I haven't experienced that way, and so let's just push the ego, let's open our spirits and believe that God would want to speak to us. Also, Max Licato says this, the Wizard of Oz says, look inside yourself and find yourself. God says, look and find yourself and find the Holy Spirit. The first will get you to Kansas. The latter will get you to heaven. Take your pick. And so, this morning, let's audit the inner atmosphere and see if there's a lot of myself, if there's a lot of ego, and that'll take you to Kansas, and Kansas isn't cool except to get a wife <laughs> from Kansas City. I was married in Kansas, thank God for Kansas. But we want to go to heaven. And so this morning, let's try to ascend our thinking and say, God, Isaiah 55, 8 and 9, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. As the heavens are above the earth, so are your thoughts and your ways. They far surpass my thoughts and my ways. And God will not fit into the prefabbed box that you're going to try to cram him into and say that he has to fit in this little thing and it has to look the exact same way all of the time. And if it does then we're going to push. And instead, we're going to say, God, you blow my mind. And my response is yes. Anyone? Yes. Thanks, Alyssa. Here we go. I, I believe that there's multiple levels that we have had to experience the Holy Spirit. A, one level may be that you've never even heard of who this Holy Spirit is. And we're going to read a scripture that exactly says that. We've never even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Maybe a second level could be that you've had some teaching 
whether you're young in your faith or old in your faith, you've had some, some, some teaching, um, but just a little bit. Perhaps there's another level, a level three. You've been in church for years, and you claim that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You've been with the Holy Spirit, but the fruit and the power of the Holy Spirit are not evident. And maybe there's level four. Whether you're young or old in your faith, this is not a gauge of age, but it's a, ga- it's a gauge of engagement. doesn't matter the age, but you know the Holy Spirit of God intimately. You know what the scriptures say about him. You listen to his voice daily. The fruit of the Holy Spirit are evident in your life, and the power of the Spirit is flowing through your hands, through your voice, and through your life on a regular, consistent basis. And so, no matter what level that you are at, we wanna just kinda of scale this thing and get closer to knowing him. So let's clarify a few terms and then we'll dive in. So the Holy Spirit, we might see it in different places of scripture, called just the Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of the Lord. You might see it called the Holy Ghost or uh, or if we really want to break down the word pneuma, where we see pneumatology, pneumatology literally is the study of the Holy Spirit. So this Greek word, I have this word here for you, pneuma. It's the ancient Greek word for breath in the religious context of the spirit or the soul. In the classic um, philosophy, it's also distinguishable for psyche, which originally meant the breath of life. But either way, it translates into spirit or into soul. So you might see this word in scripture, pneuma, and pneuma is the spirit of God, okay? So possibly, this might be a situation. As you look through the texts of scripture, we might assume in our consumerism American mindset that the menu is the scriptures, and I have the choice of what I want to choose off of the, the menu, okay? Ah, I like that. I don't like that. So I'm just not going to go that route. I do like this, and I do like this. And I would say that the best life is submitted to the full counsel of God. And the best life is engaging the fullness of God, not picking and choosing which parts of God that we like and then kicking out the rest. Or the parts of Scripture and tearing out the parts of Scripture. You might not actually do that, but you're definitely not engaging those. And it's as good as gone. And so we might look at it as a menu. I have options whenever it comes to this Godhead. And so, for instance, this happened whenever I lived in New Orleans and was a restaurant manager at New Orleans Hamburger and Seafood. There would be times when people would order something, not like it, and then send it back to the kitchen. You want to tick off a kitchen? Do that. They love it. It's awesome. So then it hits the guy who's standing in the expo window. He's trying to get as much food out as he can, and now food is coming back in. I've seen plates thrown. I've seen just a, just a wiping of the hand. All the food just gone in the trash can. They're yelling at the kitchen. I mean, it provokes the kitchen's energy. And if the kitchen could be heaven, and the expo is the Holy Spirit, and we're, we're sending stuff back because we don't like the way that it was presented, or we don't like the way that it landed, or we like to make substitutes. Hey, um, can you do that with no onion, please? Nobody? Just me? Can you, can you do that whole church thing, but let's not do that stuff? And so we pick and choose what we don't like. And we push it back. There was a time 
So I'm in this kitchen, southeast Louisiana. It's 100 degrees outside, and you're standing over 400-degree fryers, right? It's wonderful. And so we're standing there, and it's, everybody's gone. We had cut staff. It's the, end of the, it's the end of the night. And it's just me and Kevin McKnight. This is the McKnight writer. Here's a picture. I call him the McKnight writer. He was my general manager, this guy. And I love me some Kevin McKnight. And so what Kevin would do, he's in the back of the kitchen. As we're, as we're talking, he's like, man, are you hungry? I'm like, yeah, I am hungry. And he goes, he goes, you want me just to make you up something? I'm just going to throw a little something together. I'm like, yeah, that sounds awesome. So he starts throwing fresh jumbo shrimp on the grill, on this flat top grill. He's mixing in ramelade sauce, and he's got like this different Cajun slaw that he's throwing on. And he guts the inside. Dennis, you're going to love this. He guts the inside of this, the end of a French, uh, this French baguette, and he cuts the whole thing out, and now we're going to have this po' boy. He stuffs it full of all kinds of unbelievable stuff, and then he, he sticks it into batter, lemon batter binder, and then he, he flours it, and then he deep fries the whole thing, throws it in, just deep fries it. I'm like, man, I don't really like this or like this, and he checks me. He says, hey, listen, anytime that you're in a kitchen and you have a chef in the kitchen, and they're going to make you an original anything, Never make a substitute. Always take the original entree the way the chef prepares it. I'm like, okay, bro. I ain't mad. I'm just saying. And so then he serves this thing up, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, unbelievable. I'm salivating, been on my feet all day, hadn't eaten, got into this po' boy. It was out of control. And I'm so thankful that I didn't allow my previous experience, my little Rigdon, Indiana, meat and potato you know, appetite, I, I have a limited taste bud to be able to appreciate certain things, I would have pushed it, not knowing what was on the other end that would have blessed my life. And boy, did we eat fat that night. And man, was he mixing it up over that, over that flat top grill. It was unbelievable what this guy did. And he blew my mind as it comes to encountering the Lord, the fullness of God, the Father, the fullness of Jesus, the Son, the fullness of the Holy Spirit coming into my life. And so let's engage him in the fullness of who he is, not based upon previous experience and not picking off the menu, just saying, whatever you got coming out of that kitchen, I want to sup at the table of the Lord. And so here we go. That was my intro. This might have to be like a two or three parter. Is that okay? Because I do want to ramp up on these levels because if we just go like straight to like zenith level, it could maybe hyperventilate us a little bit. Um, and the goal is to, you know, date, hold hands, get engaged, and then you put a ring on it and get married. So I want to ramp up, but perhaps some people are saying, hey, you know, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit back in 1987. I did it 40 years ago, man, so I'm good. And I would just say, we need a constant refilling. And I don't know about you, but I leak. And I need refilled again and again and again. And so don't let's just, just nod back to the good old days. Say, I want a fresh encounter with the Holy Spirit. It would be the exact same thing as Kevin McKnight in the role of the Holy Spirit, saying, Brock, are you hungry? And saying, no, dude, I ate in 1987. I'm good. I'm, I'm okay. 
And the Holy Spirit was saying, oh, dude, are you serious? I got something so much more. And you're like, no, 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 I already did it. I did it that one time. We even wrote it down in my Bible. I, Kevin, I had a menu from 1987. I actually wrote down the date that I ate last time, and I'm good. And the Holy Spirit would say, come on, let's get another dose. Let's, let's get another wave. Let's get another wave of the Holy Spirit to come upon you right now. And so here's how we see some levels, a biblical example of levels. Ezekiel chapter 47 and verse 1, I have these on the screen. The man brought me back to the entrance of the temple. This is a vision that he has. I saw water that was flowing under the threshold of the temple to the east. The water was coming down from the south side of the temple, south of the altar. And then he brought me through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing the east, and the water was trickling to the south side. The man went eastward and measuring a line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits, and then he led me through the water that was ankle deep. Ankle deep is just being introduced to the Holy Spirit, okay? We're just kind of on the beach. We're just kicking water around. Hey, it's fun. We're just kind of kicking water around. But we see some, some fun people. They're kind of out there a little bit deeper. And maybe we actually think that they're idiots because there's sharks out there. What the heck are you thinking? And I just like kind of just, we're just splashing around. We're having fun. I'm getting some, some sun on me. I'm coming to church on Sundays. I even serve at the Halloween party from time to time. And I'm good. I'm just kind of splashing a little bit. That's one level. And then they go a little bit deeper. Verse Four, he measured off another thousand cubits and he led me through the water that was now knee deep. Okay, I can still walk in knee deep water. I might not be able to run as fast, but I, it, it's cool. You know, I can kind of run around. I can throw the Frisbee around. I'm in the knee deep water. He measured off another thousand and he led me to water that was waist deep. Oh boy, I can't total. I'm still kind of in control, but I'm not always in control. He measured off another thousand. But now it was a river that I could not cross. Whew, what am I messing with here? Because the water had risen and it was deep enough to swim in. A river that no one could cross. And he asked me, son of man, you see that? <laughs> and I just want to invite you, if you've been in ankle deep, let's go. Let's go to our knees. Can you just go a little bit deeper into the spirit? If you've been at knee deep for a while, I just want to invite you, let's go to our waist, to where you might not, you're kind of in control, kind of not. Let's go shoulder deep. Let's go to where we are in over our head, and we're not in control of this Holy Spirit. We're not going to try to pastor the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we're not going to try to be the CEO. We're not the general manager of the Holy Spirit. We would say, as, as, a, as, a, as a primary core value, not just as a Christian, but in this house, as a Quaker, we believe in the power of the Holy Spirit and the leading of the Holy Spirit, that he will lead his church, right? And so therefore we yield to the movements of the Holy Spirit of God. So we want to swim, not just splashing around, let's dive in deep to where we are covered in the Holy Spirit. A couple of the scriptures that perhaps you've heard, Galatians 5, chapter 22, it says, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit so, this is, so fruit would simply mean that what, what's produced, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it should produce something. What comes out of your life when the Holy Spirit comes upon a woman, comes upon a man, comes upon a child? Here's a couple things that are the fruit of the Holy Spirit. They operate in love. They're full of joy. They live with peace. 
They have forbearance, or they bear long. They have long-suffering. They're kind. They're good. They're faithful. They have gentleness, and they govern themselves well with self-control. Against this, there's no laws that can override this thing. If you want to live according to the laws of the land, just get baptized in the Holy Spirit because you're going to operate in this sort of a way. And so maybe for some of you, you're like, yeah, 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 I like that Holy Spirit. Yeah, we need more goodness. We need to have some, some kindness and some gentleness and some love. Okay, that's a good level. Here's another level. 1 Samuel chapter 10 and verse 6. The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy with them and then you'll be turned into another man. This is talking about King Saul. So King Saul, who is leading Israel, he's the first king out of the gate that Samuel anoints to become the king. The Holy Spirit of God comes upon King Saul and many times I pray this scripture before I get up to preach. Say, Holy Spirit, come upon me and turn me into another man. Turn me into a different person right now because Brock is just not awesome. But a Holy Spirit-filled, God-entranced, Christ-centered, soul-saturated, Holy Spirit man of God, it's pretty good. Can you turn me into a different man right now? So sometimes the Holy Spirit will come upon you, turn you into a different person. And then he says he began to prophesy. Prophesy simply means to speak the word of the Lord. And he knew God. And he knew the word of God and he began to, to prophesy. That's a cool level. Anybody? No? Okay. Another level. Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 13. Check this out. This is for the whole assembly. Then the temple, okay? Or can we say the meeting house of the Lord was filled with the cloud. <laughs> and the priests could not even perform their service because of the cloud. This is not the iCloud. This was not Steve Jobs, all right? It wasn't like they all were trying to like upload their cell phone information and like, oh, this is so frustrating. We can't even do anything. No, no, no. This was heaven invading earth in the form of this smoky, cloudy substance. He didn't come in the form of a man. Yet, he came in the form of this cloud. We see the ghost show up from time to time in, a, in, a, in a, a cloud by day, a fire by night as he led the people. Here he comes into the meeting house and a heavy cloud comes in. The priests could not perform their service because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The word glory means the weight of God. The weight of was so heavy that they couldn't even get the job done. The priests are trying to teach and preach and minister and do sacrifices and they can't even do it because of the cloud and they're so inebriated by the Holy Spirit of God that they're completely wiped out. That's another level. Matthew 3, verse 11. We're just going to read a bunch of scripture today. This is, this is John the Baptist. He said, I baptize you with water for repentance. 
One is coming who is more powerful than I. He's coming after me. And I am unworthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Okay. Let's break it down just a little bit. Jesus is talking in symbols here. Very literal with the Holy Spirit. A symbol with fire. We're not going to pour fire on people. Okay? But what we do see is another symbol happen when Jesus ascends and there's 120 disciples sitting in the upper room and fire comes upon their heads. And it says that they began to speak in other tongues and languages. They all were coming together because they had just had the feast of Passover. So everybody from different tribes, tongues, and nations are all coming back together to, to make sacrifices in their home land. And before they all took off and left, there's a whole bunch of people with all different kinds of, I mean, they're speaking Spanish and English and French and probably not Spanish and French, but I don't know, Arabic and Greek and Latin, right? They're speaking all of those. And they're all in this room. And the fire of God comes down upon their heads. It literally, it says it looks like there's tongues of fires uh, or, or languages of fire going on around the room. And they all begin to speak in a different tongue or in a different language, and they all un understood each other. Like, but bro, you're from Greece. How do I know exactly what you're saying? There was a new tongue that was given, and they had ears to interpret the tongues that was going on. So Jesus comes with the Holy Spirit of God, and I'll just tell you, does anybody think that your faith is supernatural? It should be. Because if it's natural, you go do it in your natural strength. You go do it. But we believe that there's supernatural, which means it transcends the natural realm. And so we're, we're putting our faith into this fourth dimension. There's 3D that we see, but there's a fourth dimension. And let me tell you some people, that that spiritual realm is more real than what you see before your very eyes. And so there's this Holy Spirit and a baptism of fire. So Jesus is using this as a, as a picture, but trust me, it's coming. And maybe even a great picture as far as fire, just as a zeal and a passion for the Lord. He has to get baptized in a zealous, white-hot, fiery affection for the Lord. You might say, well, I got baptized you know, in the Holy Spirit a while ago. Let's see some fiery, affectionate, passionate worship for the Lord. Let's see it. Jesus likes that fiery, effective he, he, he even says that, that, that the prayers of a righteous man, that fiery, fervent, effective prayers of righteous men availeth much. And so that's what we want to do, whether we've experienced it or not. That's just, we yield our experiences to what the Bible would say. So let's continue to go back to the scriptures here. This word, charis, this word is, a, is the original Greek word here. It's a language that we use in the, in the New Testament. It's often translated as grace or kindness, favor, blessing, unmerited favor, goodwill that is not deserved. This charis word, maybe you've seen it in other places like you charis, eucharis, okay? You meaning good, charis meaning unworthy gift. You're not worthy of this, but there's a good gift. So eucharist, whenever we do that at, at a sacrament, we take bread, we take wine. It's a good gift, right? Another charis would be a charismata. 
a charismata is the gifts of the Spirit. Okay, you don't deserve them. You've done nothing to earn them. But charismata, or maybe you've heard it this way, charismatic. Charismata or charismata or charismatic means a good gift from the Spirit. So the, the Holy Spirit gives us some pretty awesome gifts. Here's another level. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Perhaps you're going through and you're like, I didn't even know that there was gifts of the Spirit. I didn't even know that there was this Holy Spirit. That's Acts chapter 19, by the way. The Apostle Paul shows up. He's like, hey, I want to tell you about the Holy Spirit. And they're like, we didn't even know there was a Holy Spirit. Who is this guy? And he goes, well, who did you guys, how did you get saved? Like, well, we heard the message of Jesus. And they're like, so how have you been baptized? Like, well, we got baptized with John's baptism. We got baptized in water. And he goes, that's awesome. Let's get baptized in the Holy Spirit. They go, who is that? And he goes, here he is. They go, okay, let's do it. And then they begin to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. And he goes, I don't want you to be uninformed about who this Holy Spirit is. Verse two, you know that when you were pagans, somehow or another, you were influenced and you were led astray to idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but they come from the same Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but in all of them and in every one, it's the same God at work. Now to each one of you, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge. It's the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, the gift of healing, that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy to another distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one as he determines. And so, this is not a menu that we pick off of. This is the word of God, and the wind of heaven, as John chapter 3 says, the Holy Spirit is a wind and he will blow wherever he will. He determines how he gives out his gifts. I would say for probably most of us, as we would look off that menu, we would say, yeah, I like this sandwich and I like this sandwich. I like healing. Man, thank God that you healed grandma. I like faith. Yeah, we should all have faith. I like words of encouragement. I like words of, of wisdom. Ugh tongues. I don't know about that. The interpretation of tongues, that's either another level. Ah, I don't know. And I would just say, let's just kind of slowly keep going, romancing this Holy Spirit guy. Let him move on our hearts, maybe even offend our mind a little bit to reveal our hearts. But as we begin just to study these scriptures and he brings light in the head, we pray that he'd bring fire in the heart enlighten the eyes of my understanding that I would have a passion for this Holy Spirit. Maybe for some we thought, yeah, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. 
and we thought it was just kind of a cool thing to say. It was just kind of fun. We're playing with this little furry, you know, thing, little furry animal, whatever, and not realizing, oh my gosh, this is a tail connected to a lion. I'm like, whoa, I didn't know what I was messing with. And as we begin to slowly engage more and more, we're going to see more of who this lion is. Good news is I only have like seven more pages, guys. I don't know what to do with all of this, right? Um, Here's another one. We're going to pause here, but where we're going is to another level, and it's to really dive into our own history as we look back on a 400-year movement of how Quakers have engaged the presence of the Lord, you realize that we haven't sat idly in church as it comes to encounter. Do you know why we're called Quakers? Because the ghost would come and we would shake and quake and move and have a response when the cloud fills the room. And that's where we'll go in future weeks. So either attendance is going to be terrible, (laughs) or maybe we whet an appetite for you that's bigger than the menu that you've previously experienced. I just want to let you know that there's a, a chef in the kitchen, and he's stirring it up. And maybe he wants to make some originals, some entrees that we've never experienced before. Don't tinker with the chef and don't mess with the entree because it's for your good. Would you all stand with me as we close this morning? Let's pray. And I just want to encourage our church family, if you can make it to our monthly meeting, we want to talk about how all this stuff fits into our church family. And so if you're able to hang out, and, uh, and talk, then we would like to, to do that. For the rest of everybody, we bless you. Thank you for being a part this morning. Jesus, we just come to the Holy Scriptures. You are the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That we will not ignore the Holy Spirit, but that you get preferential treatment in this house. And we say, give us a baptism. Give us a baptism of the Holy Spirit and give us a baptism of fire in this place. The same way that your scriptures read, let it be done in this house. In Jesus' name, amen.
So we're so glad that you were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or your preferred podcasting app. Be sure to rate us so other people can know about the podcast.